Hello, and uh, welcome to the Seventh Magnitude. My name is Tim Collins, otherwise known as Mr. Galaxy. And my name is Terry Farrell, otherwise known as the Buffalo Stargazer. So what we're going to do uh, here is we're going to uh, give you some astronomy information. And our hope is that we'll give you a little bit uh, more information than just the basic answer, but not as much as complete physics where you need a textbook and you need a professor to help you decode. Uh, so we're going to take that the opportunity here to go over various uh, subjects. We're going to do this monthly. And uh, as you can see, we're down here in our studio, which is a studio in progress. So uh, if you note uh, over here around the borders and uh, over there on that side, you see a lot of uh, wood and uh, insulation going up. But it should look nice when it's done. Uh, it's something I'm doing myself here um, in the studio. So uh, bear with us. Pardon our dust. But uh, we're getting a uh, we're getting a good look here, so we're just uh, covering it up, and we're going to use the green screen occasionally for some uh, graphics if we uh, have a chance to do that. We'll do some cutaways if we have bigger graphics to pre to present. Um, but uh, we are excited about having the opportunity to uh, to bring some of this to you. And uh, Terry, we're going to call this the seventh magnitude. And in our introductory episode here, I think we should explain it a little bit. So um, you want to tell everybody uh, what magnitude is and sure. uh, how it relates? Yeah, magnitude is a scale that astronomy uses to measure the brightness of an object. There's two types of magnitude. There's the apparent magnitude, which is a measurement of a celestial object as seen from the Earth. Then you got the absolute magnitude, which is the measurement of light from an object that's 10 parsecs away. Obviously, we're not going to get into what a parsec is right now. Mm -hmm. But give you an idea, for example, when you walk into a room, you turn a light bulb on, you kind of get blinded for a minute or two. Kind of the same thing when you go outside. If you look at this, the daytime sun, that's roughly about a minus 27 magnitude based and its brightness. You go to the full moon at night, looking at about a minus 12. Go out to the star Polaris, which is about plus 2. And you get into the stars of the Pleiades cluster, otherwise known as Seven Sisters. That's a good example because you will see stars of various magnitudes. Keep in mind the human eye can basically see pretty much up to the sixth magnitude. After which point, you need some type of optical aid. So hence, when Tim and I were coming up with the name for the podcast, we went to the seventh magnitude. Because that is the level where you do start to need, some, like you said, some assistance in what you're trying to see. And we're, we want to provide that kind of assistance to you. Uh, in what your questions may be, and we will try to take some questions from the website. Um, so uh, look for that where you can submit a question or two. Uh, we are based in Buffalo, New York, uh, so this is not just a local show for Buffalo. I'm sure you'll agree with that. Mm -hmm. this, this is for anybody. Correct. Uh, we will have some topics that are Buffalo related, but there'll be other opportunities on different podcasts. Um, so we will have some other things uh, in the future going on as well. Uh, so yeah, just to just to get down into that uh, area where you just get a little extra information, a little bit more knowledge 
um, on what you're looking at or what you can uh, see from. And then some of the news items will mm-hmm. go a little bit further in detail um, in those as well. Right. So that that is our hope here. So we will pick various subjects. We'll start off with a couple of, a couple different ones, uh, especially in the first couple of months here that we get going. But uh, we hope to hear from some of you mm-hmm. uh, in the future. So um, that's that's basically what we want to do. Uh, we also want to kind of introduce some of the things. Terry and I are going to do something that we are never <laughs> going to do again through the remainder of this podcast. And let's talk about ourselves. Um, we don't want to do that because there's better things to do here than listen to us talk about ourselves. <laughs> we do it enough amongst ourselves. Exactly. We don't need to bring you into this too. Um, so uh, we'll do that tonight just to give you an idea of who the hell we are <laughs> talking about experience. astronomy and our experience there forthwith. Um, but uh, somebody we kind of want to bring into the picture here who is not on this side of the camera is our uh, audio engineer, our producer behind the monitor over there, and that is Mr. Morris Kuiper. So say hi to Morris, Terry. Hey, and Morris. Morris is waving back to us. You can't see that, but he is. Uh, so he's just like this disembodied hand, kind of like from the Adams family. Oh, my gosh, it's thing. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Morris is uh, also knowledgeable in astronomy, and uh, his his even his father was kind of an amateur astronomer himself. I got some good inside information about that. So um, yeah, that's that was kind of fun. So a lot of background. Yeah, a lot of background, and you know, funny bringing up the fact that Morris's father was interested in astronomy. Uh, so was mine. Uh, my father was too, and that's kind of what got me started doing things um, in astronomy because he would mm-hmm. always take me and my brothers outside. In fact, uh, this guy right back here uh, was the first telescope that uh, my parents bought us, um, and that is the original telescope. So, not many people can say they have their telescope. We'll talk about this a little bit more in the next block, but uh, interesting thing to bring up. How about you? Well, my background basically. Kind of did a lot of them on my own. I've been doing astronomy at the amateur level since age 11. Mm-hmm. Over the years, I've worked at the Ferguson Planetarium, like Tim has. I spent 43 years working at the planetarium, assisting writing shows, assisting in the production, direction of various shows. At the same time, was a co-founder and president of the Buffalo State College Astronomy Club at that time. And since 1996, I've been serving as the president of the alumni division. And that's since 1996. So nobody has, has challenged me. So <laughs> I'm kind of, maybe we can say it's a dictatorship yeah. at this point. And we'll, but, we'll hear more about that later right. um, in your block uh, mm-hmm. when we when we talk about you. But right. uh, yeah, this, this is going to be fun. I, I think we're going to have a good time doing exactly. this. And, uh, you know, just, just a brief background on both of us. We've worked together for many years. Um, we worked together, uh, like you said, at the at Ferguson Planetarium for a very long time. And uh, well, right now we've found ourselves at a point where we are not working at the Ferguson Planetarium currently. Um, so we hope that changes uh, in the future. But, uh, you know, we got some time and there's a lot of things coming up. Uh, that we want to talk about. And, uh, well, one of them is a pretty big event, uh, at least for Buffalo, New York, and yep. some other areas across the across the country. Yep. There's actually two of them. 
Um, one in October this year. I think right. it's uh, October 14th. Yep. And then next year on April 8th. And Terry, what is that event that we're trying to highlight in some way, shape, or form? On April 8th, 2024, Buffalo, New York is going to be treated to a total solar eclipse. And depending on where you are along the path, you can experience totality for at least three minutes, about 42 seconds. That's a long time yes. on average. I think eclipses can last over six minutes if you're in the right position. Mm -hmm. And we'll describe eclipses. In fact, we're, that is going to be, here's a commercial, that's going to be one of our, uh, our sub-podcasts is going to be something we call Countdown to Totality. So we will be bringing you that episode as well. And we're going to get a little more in-depth about the eclipse. Correct. And we're going to give you some more information on uh, things going on locally here. We'll try to touch on things you know, outside of Buffalo. But that one's pretty much going to be uh, for, the, for the Buffalo area. But you can get some good information off of it. So don't hold it against us because we're talking about home. <laughs> uh, but no, we're, we're going to have some fun with that one. So uh, stay tuned for that. Um, we've got some other subjects that we can bring up. We're also going to have guests. Um, right. We're going to bring in some guests for you guys. Uh, local astronomers, uh, local astronomy club members, uh, give you some tips on where you might be able to find your local astronomy club, amateur astronomy club, to, uh, to help you in your journey as well. Uh, astronomy is really something for everybody. It really is. Yes, um, and even now, um, it, it, it's transcends political lines. I think, um, mm -hmm. it's something that once you're under the stars, whether it's in a dome or whether it's under the real sky, the real dome, um, things change a little, don't they? That's true. Yeah. It's a difference when you're in a planetarium, you're looking at a 30 foot dome. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time. I actually stepped outside in a dark sky location. I had trouble finding the stars at first because it wasn't at a 30-foot dome. You had <laughs> a nighttime sky above you. So, obviously, it took a little bit of time to get reoriented. But, like Tim said, it doesn't matter if you're observing in Buffalo or if you're observing in Moscow. Everybody is going to basically... Do the same thing. Astronomy. Isn't it science. funny though how, how things change a little bit when, when we're outside with people and the the awe and the wonder that people experience when they really get to I don't want to personify it too much and say make friends with the sky, right. but when they finally just have a minute to just take it in, all of a sudden it, it, it changes you a little bit. It does. You, know, you you actually have a chance to see something and then just look at a spot and say, wow, how far away am I looking? True. Yeah. People people can't comprehend. You know, I'm sure Tim will agree with me. We've done many events. We've done public events where you know, people look at telescope for the first time. And there's nothing more enjoyable for myself or Tim or any other people who have done this. To watch somebody walk up to a telescope Look in the eyepiece. I can't see anything. Then you kind of give them a couple of little pointers how to look. Then all of a sudden, you will see a smile on their face. Yeah. The expression, yeah. you cannot duplicate that anywhere. And yeah, I remember last summer we were doing an event where we're showing a planet Pluto. And one person said, all I see is a star. 
I said, that's Pluto. She goes, how can that be? I said, because you're talking four billion miles from here. So then she was amazed. Yeah, yeah. It, it really just opens up the mind, and it, it, it's amazing. So we hope that, you know, you'll hang out with us on your journey. We hope we can help you on your journey as, as you get to know the stars, too. Um, and the planets, and the galaxies, and the nebulae, and all the things that go around with it. So, um, I think that's a good spot to stop for now. Yep. So, um, we'll we'll stop here. And when we come back, uh, we're going to do that thing we don't ever want to do again. Right. So, uh, <laughs> we'll start talking about ourselves um, in a little bit more detail, just to get it out of the way. Um, and uh, no, I don't want to turn into a resume thing, but no. that's usually how things go when you're having conversations. And, I wish I could have everybody, you know, all of our listeners and watchers right now, viewers, um, to come in here. So um, I personally like to call people who come to my program Sky Watchers. Yes. Um, so I've said that many times. So um, from now on, you may hear my greeting as Hello Sky Watchers, because that's what we all are. Um, and everybody looks at the sky. So mm -hmm. we'll be back in a minute and uh, we'll we'll go ahead and, and talk about that. So. Good. We'll see you in a minute. Okay, welcome back, fellow stargazers. At this point, we are going to take a segment, introduce ourselves, give you a little bit of our background and what we've been doing as far as astronomy. What I'd like to do is turn over to Tim at this point. Oh, thank you, Terry. Um, so, yeah, this this is uh, not, again, I'm going to say it again. This is not something we're going to normally do. But uh, I'd like to at least just start off with my block here, um, just to say that, again, this is my first telescope. Um, it sat on the driveway with me many times, um, and I used to entertain the neighborhood with this. <laughs> and uh, if any of you are still out there from my neighborhood and you're seeing me right now, you know exactly what I mean. The kid with the telescope is now here. Uh, so, and here's that <laughs> telescope. Um, and I get some comments from time to time from uh, people I grew up with remembering the, the little red telescope that we used to use. Um, so it was a, it was a very big uh, attractor. And uh, I guess from that and uh, just hanging out at meteor showers with my parents uh, over the summer, um, looking for things, uh, even some Aurora Borealis displays that we were able to see. Right. Um, and people are well familiar with Aurora. Um, and uh, we are getting increases in Aurora. We'll talk about that eventually sometime soon. So uh, sunspot activity is up. Um, but basically, yeah, it, it's it's been a journey for me. And that this is where mine started with this telescope. But uh, I am a part-time astronomer. Uh, I started working at the Ferguson Planetarium at now Buffalo State University uh, in 1987 as a as a helper when I first got to uh, first got to the college, and of course that's where I met you, Terry. Um, is you had already graduated, but uh, you were that uh, you were that old guy that uh, ran the camp. Um, so we we had college camp as part of the Buffalo State Astronomical club or the buffalo state astronomy club or the buffalo state astronomical association i know we've been through so many, so many different changes names over yeah. the years uh, but now i look back and that, that's been 35 years now 
So that's that's a long time uh, to be doing something. And it's hard to summarize 35 years in a planetarium. I'm sure it's even harder for you because you've got a few more years than, mm -hmm. than me. But um, I'm sure you're going to mention this too, but um, two of our greatest heroes and mentors were uh, Dr. James Orgren and Dr. Jack Mack. Um, and many of us who work in the planetarium um, learn under those two men. And we, we learned a lot from them and we just carried the knowledge forward and that's all we're doing now um and just it, it, it's just become a process for me and even when i did leave for a short time and went to grad school um at umass i, I always found a time to come back once a month and uh even under art gilo another one of our heroes and mentors who is the director for so long um I would just try to come back and help him with something, even in the dark times when the planetarium was closed mm -hmm. for you know, budgets or whatever. Um, I always found a way to to come back to help. And it's just been such a part of my life. And it, it, it's something you never lose when you do that. And when we closed down the old planetarium, um, it, in, after we had lost Art, Art has, of course, since passed away, so if Dr. Mack and Orgren, but um, that's when we met Dr. Kevin Williams, and he came on the scene as the director, and he didn't necessarily want us to go without anything, so you know, he introduced us to Mark Percy at the Williamsville Planetarium, and at least, at least I took the opportunity for you, it was a little distant, um, mm -hmm. to, to get there, but I started working at the uh, Williamsville Space Lab Planetarium during that closure as they were starting to do the first rebuild of the planetarium. And over there, it was a totally different atmosphere and setup because it was community education. So what we, what we were doing is just having an opportunity to work with the public uh, a little more directly and with themed shows now, yeah, you still had your basic sky shows and you had things right. to do, but you could do a theme around it too. So uh, solar system programs, I was able to do a Hollywood astronomy program. I was able to take people um, on a journey through SpaceX and what SpaceX was doing, uh, looking at uh, various occurrences like the finding of the Trappist planets. Uh, all those things happened at Williamsville North and uh, you know, with the pandemic that kind of changed things too right. um it certainly changed things a lot for us fortunately during the pandemic um they were able to complete the planetarium at buffalo state university and it's open again but uh we had to do planetarium shows by zoom and right. that was kind of a challenge <laughs> but even before the pandemic i i took an opportunity that came to me to uh run the observatory at the buffalo museum of science um, so I, I got a chance to do that. And so for a short time that I was there for five years, I was able to say, hey, I'm, I'm the kid with the telescope on the driveway. And now I'm the kid with the telescope on the roof of the museum. And it's it's still a part of me. I mean, I, I, I may not be I might not be working there, but I, I still look at it all the time. And I, I know what's coming up over there. I know what's going on over the summer. And, um, still trying to work with them a little bit on a couple of things. Uh, but that's the Kellogg Observatory at the museum, and that's historic. And that, right. that was 
Ernst Both's big thing. And just, you know, I only met Ernst personally just once when I was in uh, high school. But even that one time made such an impact on me that when I had the opportunity to just apply for the job and say, well, hey, maybe they could use a guy who's been around for a while. And it turned out they, they did. And they had a planetarium over there, another portable. I mean, we went through the portable years at Ferguson. And uh, I was there for the dedication of that planetarium uh, as the Zygmunt Planetarium. And that's what it is now. And it's fully portable. And it's a, another wonderful facility for, for such a portable and movable instrument. You can have a full dome capability technology inside of it. That's that's just amazing. It, it was it was awesome, and in the course of all that, of course, I joined the Middle Atlantic Planetarium Society, and I'm still part of that society. I serve as the web committee chair over there. So if you go to uh, mapsplanetarium.org, um, you'll see the <laughs> website, and I I help with that along with the committee that that works with me. Um, so I've been at back at maps on and off you know i've been there it was there for five years um you know in college and a little beyond that and i've come back now and uh, it's been since 2010 really so it's been the last 13 years at, at maps and i've just recently joined great lakes planetarium association last year um to which by the way i did my first karaoke um i i did i i actually they actually got me to sorry for the aside but hey that's what this is about right i actually did karaoke the first song i did you did i tell you about this i don't know if i no, told I you about this I, I i don't know if i told either of you morris i don't even know if i told you about I'm surprised this. you didn't get booed off i know well that's i took the risk right but no, I, I did uh, Frank Sinatra's Fly Me to the Moon as my debut. Appropriate. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, I'm in a room with a bunch of planetarium right. professionals. They immediately kicked on and they're like, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, but then uh, yeah, the same night, I, I did another one. I was like, oh, let's, let's go for another. So I gave them a choice. Um, I said, I can either do Eagles Desperado for you or we can do Billy Joel's uh, Piano Man. And they chose <laughs> Billy Joel. So I did a Billy Joel song. And I, I guess the two worked because, uh, you know, I did another one after that. So right. I, I actually uh, went up and did uh, B-52's Love Shack. Uh, believe it or not, I, I see Morris back there shaking his head like, oh, my God. No, it, it was it was actually kind of fun. Um, so I had a good time doing that. And, you know, with uh, with MAPS, they, they tried to get me to do it for years. Um, there's one particular person, right. I don't want to mention names, but uh, she wanted me to do karaoke with her, and I just wouldn't do it. But now I don't think I can get away from it. So if I go back <laughs> to another uh, MAPS conference, um, I, if, if you're out there, and um, I don't have permission to use your name, but uh, if I get it, I'll use it. But uh, I know you're going to be coming after me now because uh, we've uh, – we, we've done some goofing off right. of our own uh, at, at MAPS early on. Um, so, you know, and all of this leads you around to different journeys. And in the course of all the planetarium work and being part of the Buffalo Museum of Science, it led me over to the Buffalo Astronomical Association. And folks, that is our uh, local astronomy club, our local amateur astronomy club. And they have the Beaver Meadow Observatory. And... That place is phenomenal. Yes. It, it's it's incredible. It's in North Java, um, so it's a good day's drive. We have a public night. Next, um, yes, as of the taping of this, is next Saturday. Yep. Um, not this Saturday, but May 6th. 
And uh, I, I plan on going out there again. I usually do a live sky tour under the real dome. Um, so just got to be careful with the laser pointing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we'll, we'll do that. Um, but it, it's been amazing meeting all the people that I've met. And you out, out there, um, fellow stargazers, you're going to meet some of these people because they've just they've changed our lives, you know. Um, so it, it's important. But, you know, I'm, uh, I'm also a full-time tech guy and I'm a contractor. But, uh, you know, I've done a lot of planetarium shows like you have written them, directed them. Uh, given them live and recorded, but uh, it's been a real journey uh, for me. So um, that's pretty much on my side. So again, uh, when we come back, um, we're going to let Terry talk for a little while. So uh, we'll be back momentarily and uh, we'll see you soon. Welcome back uh, to Seventh Magnitude and our pilot episode. So uh, I've had my chance to speak. So right now, without any further ado, uh, Terry, uh, why don't you kick in and give us uh, your information? Sure. Thanks, Tim. Well, my background's a little bit different than Tim's. First off, I want to give you an idea where I get the name the Stargazer. I've been doing astronomy for so long that a few years ago, for Father's Day, my children decided to give me a t-shirt that has a old man with a broken down telescope and it's labeled the Stargazer. Well, got that for in June, had a July camp out with my Shami Club group, which Tim part of. Didn't tell anybody. That morning I put the t-shirt on, came upstairs, and everybody was just laughing. So that name has stuck, the Stargazer. So obviously based on my age, it really does fit. You know, I'm 65 years old, so I've been doing astronomy since I've been 11. My first telescope was right here, my God-given telescope, my eyes. Because a lot of people, they start in astronomy, they buy a beautiful telescope, spend five grand, have no idea what they're looking at, wait three weeks and you will see it on Craigslist. The same $5,000 telescope going for 1500 so you have to really begin to know what you're looking at. So going back to July 20th, 1969, a lot of people remember that day of significance. 11 o'clock at night, it was a school night. My mother said I could stay up, tell it to me about some guy who's going to walk on the moon. I'm thinking, okay, what are you talking about, mom? A guy walking on the moon? It's not possible. So we're all gathered around the old black and white TV, talk about ancient technology. We're all sitting there, and we're watching the news. I can still see it. Guy's coming down the ladder. My father's sitting in a chair. He says, many steps went on that moon. He's going to sink all the way down. But fortunately, history shows he did not. That was the Armstrong talking about. And we know the famous word that he uttered when he stepped on the surface of the moon. So I got bit by the astronomy bug at that point. Two nights later, I went outside, looked at the moon, and told my mother, Mom, there's a guy up there on the moon. A couple other guys. There's another guy on the moon. They're actually walking, doing experiments. 
Think the impressionable 11-year-old, what I would get. Well, that started my journey in astronomy. So all the years through high school, anytime there was a science course, I would take it. When I got to community college, Professor Ganley at Erie Community College South spent two weeks talking about astronomy as part of the earth science. That really started, you know, I got every single book, anything I could find, probably draw my parents nuts, talking every day, astronomy, astronomy, astronomy. I still remember my father one day said, your head's going to explode like the Big Bang. That's what my father told me, because all the knowledge I was gathering. So then I went to Buff State, met Dr. Organ, Dr. Mack, my Tim met, they were our mentors. I have to share something about Dr. Organ. I walked into his lecture hall. I looked in the front of the room. There's a guy standing who looks like Gabriel Lincoln. I'm thinking, am I in the right class? I checked the schedule, said Astronomy 101. And I'm looking, and I actually walked up to this gentleman and said, am I in the right class or is this History 101? He started chuckling and said, no, this is actually Astronomy 101. Well, that was a sort of a lifelong friendship with Dr. Oregon until he passed away. And also got to meet John Mack, well, Jack Mack the same day. It was a great time. And at that point, I found they offered astronomy as a minor. I never went for the major because I had most every single class except for physics. Physics and I never saw eye to eye. So that's why I went for the astronomy minor along with my management degree. So, as Tim mentioned, all these years, 43 years, I spent working in various aspects of the planetarium, doing shows, public shows, school shows. Even during the dark times when the planetarium wasn't functioning, I maintained contact with everybody involved with the planetarium with the dream that we knew someday we would reopen it. <clears throat> I was part of the original reopening of the planetarium back in 1980, and over the years, we had to shut that one down in 2012, open up the inflatable. That was shut down a couple years later because of the COVID situation, and then helped with the rebuilding and the reopening of the new present-day Ferguson planetarium. So a lot of years, 43 years, involved with the planetarium, writing shows, directing shows, assisting Tim come up with ideas. One of the best shows I ever put together <coughs> was Star Lore of the Iroquois. <coughs> this show had a lot of significance because my grandfather used to tell me that my great-great-grandmother was part of the Seneca Nation. He didn't, was not sure how true that was, but some of the historical records that we found indicate that she was apparently part of an, the Apache tribe in the West. And through some great Indian war, she got exchanged for somebody else and literally kind of kidnapped and brought back to this area. So that show had a lot of significance because of my great-great-grandmother. I did a lot of research and history about the show. And it's amazing how much another culture look at the nighttime sky, kind of like we do, but yet we take it for granted. The Native Americans, they actually use those stars and constellations and seasons 
and part of daily life some 400 years ago. So that's highlighting one of the things I really enjoyed doing about writing that concept, the show for the planetarium. In addition, you know, Tim said he was at the Museum of Science. He recruited me a couple years ago to become a volunteer on Saturdays, doing Solar Saturdays, where I would use the facilities <clears throat> and take a look at the sun, both in the white light and hydrogen alpha. It's amazing when you can look through a scope and actually see a solar prominence. It's a strong, and also we've done some, well, last summer was the first time we actually were able to reopen and do public nights, which were very significant because it's amazing when you have three to 400 people coming up to look through scopes. And 90% of those people probably are amateurs, well, not even amateurs, probably just general public, thirsting for knowledge. And like I mentioned earlier, the joy to see somebody look up the telescope at the first time and actually see the rings of Saturn and its moons is totally amazing. Last summer, we actually saw an eclipse. Io was eclipsing on the surface of Jupiter. And the people were just totally amazed. So, you know, I love presenting astronomy on the layman's level. I can do the technical side of it. But I get great joy, as Tim does, too, just educating the general public on what's out there. Some of the backgrounds I mentioned, first planetarium, I've done community education classes for the West Seneca schools. I was a co-founder and president of Buffalo State University Astronomy Club, then became the president of the alumni division. I've been that since 1996. <clears throat> also served as a president of the Buffalo Astronomical Association back in 1996. Also, I've written many shows, directed shows for the planetarium. As far as telescope equipment, I've actually built two telescopes over the years, which I enjoyed doing. The one I, basically the one I sold many years ago, just completed one several years ago. <laughs> but unfortunately, due to some back issues, it's not so easy for me to carry the scope upstairs anymore. So I'm now going into binocular astronomy. I've had a pair of 10 by 50s since I've probably been 18. And recently, my 65th birthday was in January. Wife and kids wanted to know what I wanted for my birthday. So I joked around. I said, like a pair of 20 by 80 binoculars. Now, 20 by 80, what do I mean by that? They're 20 magnification, but 80 millimeter lens. These binoculars are huge. You can't hold them. You have to be on a tripod. And I'm hoping on May 6th to get out to Beaver Meadows for our club's public night. And I will definitely bring in the big binoculars and the tripod to definitely give them a real test. I've only had a couple of nights to actually use them, but it's phenomenal just to be able to go outside, look up, and see the Orion Nebula through a pair of binoculars. It's just amazing. So, unfortunately, I had to readjust because of physical issues when I'm doing. That's what I'm doing to binocular astronomy. But by no means 
hey, if I have an opportunity to look through a telescope, I'm going to do that. So, so I don't have to invest the money in the telescopes. I know a lot of people have scopes that I can definitely use and take a look. So, yeah, astronomy has been a great hobby. So I can basically say I'm probably an amateur astronomer, but a professional planetary educator. So, yeah, definitely any questions, concerns you have, email us. We'll definitely be glad to answer it. Thank you. That's great, Terry. Okay, uh, we'll be uh, back in a moment to uh, wrap up, and uh, we'll see you in just a moment. Okay, welcome back, and uh, we're just going to wrap up here, so just a couple of things. And Terry, you hit on this earlier, and I, I kind of want to get this out because I ran out of time in my block, but I, I just also wanted to explain uh, what the Mr. Galaxy thing was all about. And it, it goes back to working a science fair day um, with art, and the astronomy club at the time at Buffalo State had left name tags for everybody that was helping out that day. And I came into the planetarium just to get it set up to do the shows for that day. And they had the tags and they were like with stars and planets around the edge of the tags. Pretty cool. And the, you know, the kind of high my name is. And written on there was Mr. Galaxy. And I thought, oh, this must be for art. <laughs> and so I, I cast it aside and then art came in. He goes, oh, did you see your name tag? I'm like, wait, that's mine? He goes, yeah, that that's for you. I've got this one. I've really forgot what his what his said on it i think it's a mr universe on his <laughs> and so i picked up mine i put it on so we're getting along doing the programs and i'm wearing the name tag and i had a, a young man come up to me couldn't have been any more than 10 years old and he looks at me he opens his mouth he's like ah is your last name really galaxy that is so cool <laughs> And I was so, and, and he, he said it so loud that the entire audience heard it, and the name stuck. It, it just stuck with me. Like, <laughs> hey, I, I kind of like that name. I mean, it, it's pretty good. And it it got out uh, to the media when I was doing an interview once because I I, I think somebody had mentioned it um, when we were doing a larger event. Um, and it, it kind of stuck out there. And I, I know it was uh, Susan Rose and WBEN when she did the interview. I didn't expect it, and I didn't even really knew she knew it. <laughs> but I did put it in my email eventually as part of my email uh, name. And she goes, oh, on the line with us now is Tim Collins from the Whitworth Ferguson Planetarium. He's a senior presenter and also known as Mr. Galaxy. I'm like, oh, boy, well, I guess that's sticking now because now it's out there in the media and everybody knows about it now. So that's kind of where that came from. But, uh, hey, listen, everybody, thank you for joining us. Uh, I, I hope you'll come back um, and uh, definitely, you know, stick around and we'll get to other things um so thanks for being here tonight uh terry any closing words from you sure you know in light of all when you watch the news every day all these shootings everything that's going on you need to take a moment and just forget about what's happening in this crazy world we know the world people we wish everybody could get along we wish astronomy could be everybody together but if we go back to the time of ancient Greece and the philosopher Plato, he came up with a great, great quote about astronomy. 
stating, Astronomy compels the soul to look upwards and leads us from this world to another. Exactly. That's the meaning yeah. of astronomy. Yeah. You look up at the nighttime sky, you can forget about what's happening day to day. You will definitely, many times I've been out in the field by myself. In fact, one, I, I still remember many years ago in January, minus five below zero, temperature, clear sky, Orion was as beautiful as could be. I'm out there for a good 20 minutes, all by myself. I forgot about the world. All I saw was the world above in the nighttime sky. And at the end of that session, I had to pack it up because I looked up the telescope. The telescope was iced over. So, so yes, astronomy can offer an escape from our daily lives. And once again, thank you. And definitely join us again.